Welcome to the Black Hereford Chronicles with Jen Hill. Here we discuss all things Black Hereford. Join me for in-depth conversations and insightful interviews relevant to your Black Hereford operation. Before I jump into today's interview, I want to talk a little bit about association stuff. I know October still seems like a long way off, but the annual meeting in Kansas City is coming up. And this year, the board of directors will have two open seats. Now, one of those is being left open by my husband, Logan, who is not seeking re-election. Lots of people have asked, no, he's not mad or walking away for any reason aimed at the association. He's just done two terms and is ready to focus on some other things while still supporting the ABHA in other capacities. I'm actually not sure if Chad Jones will be seeking re-election on his seat or not, but either way, there's room on there. If you're thinking about it, there are some qualifications that you have to meet. So you have to be a performance breeder and have to have been an active breeder member in good standing for three years. And you have to officially declare your candidacy to the board secretary, Jacob Marino, and Ernie as well by August 1st. If you're toying with the idea, I'd really recommend reaching out to a current director and getting a rundown on what it's like just to help you decide. I can tell you as the wife of a member, and I know I've got sisters in solidarity out there hearing this, some of those meetings run long. And although not as long as I used to, it's definitely a commitment to picking up the phone and answering concerns and answering questions. It's not always been an easy role, but with the growth of the association and the breed, at the end of the day, I think those board members would probably tell you it's been fulfilling. In my not-so-humble opinion, I think that the association is at a really cool, stable point, like we haven't been in a while, and at a place where we can finally start looking at stuff on a grander scale, as long as we have industry-minded, long-game thinking people at the helm. If you think that might be you, maybe you should spend some time thinking about the board of directors. On a related note, for the purposes of this podcast, I will be reaching out to declared candidates before the election and inviting each of them to come on and talk about their goals and the association. I want the membership to have as much information as possible going into these elections, and I figured what better way to do that than by getting to know these people. So stay tuned for that. I also want to just steal another minute of your time just to say thank you. This is the sixth episode of the Black Hereford Chronicles, and the support that you all have shown me has been amazing So many of you have reached out for conversation and encouragement, and I cannot overstate how impactful that has been for me. So thank you for your kind words. If you've got ideas or topics in mind that you think would be good for the Chronicles, please send them my way. My goal for this podcast has just been to provide valuable information and conversation for our breeders. 
One of the things that's really pleasantly surprised me about this is the reach it's getting beyond current Black Hereford breeders. I've had a lot of people reach out asking questions about the breed, the association, our operation. So if that's you and you're curious about Black Herefords, please, please ask away. You can post on the Black Hereford Chronicles Facebook page, or you can message me privately, or you can always get on blackherford.org and check out info that way too. Okay, so enough emotional house cleaning. Let's jump into today's topic. I've been spending a lot of time lately thinking about areas of education relevant to our Black Hereford operation. Where are my deficiencies? What don't I know enough about? And what is our operation not doing well? What kind of things do I need to learn more about that would likely benefit other Black Hereford breeders? Something that I know we've struggled with and this is going to sound brutally honest, but I'm throwing myself in this boat as well, that I think many of our breeders haven't always done well, is photography and getting quality sale pictures. At our old ranch in Colorado, we had the handy excuse of having a hard time finding someone within reasonable travel distance. But if we'd really pushed, I'm sure we could have. But I think the more realistic excuse is expense. It does cost real money to get real pictures taken. We've tried to do it ourselves, like many people have, and those pictures come out okay-ish, but they're not great. So I've really been thinking through getting a professional and what that would be for our operation. Obviously, we'd get better pictures, but I think it would do more than help us sell that one individual animal for more of a premium. I think it would help us sell our program. And at the end of the day, that's the goal, right? To sell our programs to potential customers, which in turn allows us to develop those relationships and get the repeat buyers that are what make a program sustainable. I think it would make our program look more professional, obviously, and look like one that should be taken seriously. And the more I've thought about it, the more I believe that those same benefits would then trickle down to the breed as a whole. We know we're small. We know that while we're growing and some really cool things are happening, we do still have a segment out there that doesn't take us seriously, that don't see us as a real thing. If we want to be looked at as market disruptors and the game changers that we are, we have to show that we're here as a long-term sustainable breed. We have to present ourselves to the public in a serious way. And I really believe good sale pictures of our cattle showing what we can really do is a piece of that. So with that in mind, I decided to talk to a professional photographer that has done some real big sale catalogs out here in cow country and get his thoughts and tips on livestock photography. We also discussed the role Photoshop plays in the industry. So without further ado, here's my interview with Derek Vogt. I am here with Derek Vogt of Purple Visions Production, and he is a livestock photographer. And I wanted to have a conversation with him today about exactly that, uh, livestock photography. I think in our industry, it's a topic that's becoming even more important and relevant as we see more and more cattle being purchased and sold through the internet, uh, sight unseen. 
the the value of your pictures and the value of photography is just going to go up and up as we use some of these alternative ways to market bulls rather than everybody coming to a bull sale and looking at everything in person. The value of that's only going up. So I think it's really important that we as registered breeders are thinking about these things and thinking about the ways to add value to our operations, including photography. So Derek, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself and give us a little bit of background and we'll go from there. Yeah. So like you said, I'm Derek Vogt, uh, Purple Visions Production. Uh, I guess technically a professional photographer, videographer here for the last, oh, I think somebody asked me the other day. I think it's been right at coming on my seventh year doing this. Um, and I'll kind of started. Um, I actually grew up in a little town called Bolus. Um, didn't have much to do with the farm. My sister, who's 14 years older than me, got married into the Rick Schultz family over there. They raised show cattle by Carol, Nebraska. And he got me into the deal and I've been hooked ever since. And I mean, it started off with a lot of the clipping, fitting that type of deal. And I want to say it was probably right as I was getting out of high school, 2008, 2009, like show circuit online sales and those online platforms started to just kind of pop up and it was a new deal. And my sister actually used to run the newspaper. So she had her cameras and stuff from doing sports. So she always had me do 4-H photography. And so I kind of had a little bit of a in case I kind of knew my way, I kind of round the camera a little bit. And when the online deals popped up, we went for around two sale. We thought we'd try it online. And we said, heck, I'll, I'll try and take the pictures because it was hard to find guys at the time. And that weren't that busy because there wasn't that many of them out there and kind of took a few and it went all right, I think. And just kind of blossomed from there. I, I kind of kept with it, kept doing our own. I actually, while in college, I interned with Focus Marketing Group. They had a they had an opening, I guess. So I interned a little bit. They gave me a job opportunity. So learned a lot from them, just uh, getting out on the road and just doing it. I mean, it's like a lot of things in life. You just got to try it and do it and figure it out. Um, got got done with college. Actually, I got a degree in ag business. My brother-in-law is an agronomist, so I helped him for years and thought I'd try the co-op deal. And then corn dropped down to $3 and I'm too much on the grower's side. So I had enough calls. People wanted me to get back into it. And that's what I've been doing ever since. It's been good. So it's kind of my little short synopsis of my background there. I love stories when people kind of inadvertently fall into what yeah, they wind up loving to do. Yeah, no, it's, it's one of those deals. I, that's a joke all the time. I'm like, geez, I wasted four years of college. I didn't even need a degree for this, but I'm sure there'll be a day when my back hurts enough. I'll have to find a bank job or something. So it'll, it'll come in handy at some point, I'm sure. So I want to start real broad. Why do photos of your livestock matter? Just like anything. I mean, nowadays, everything is at your fingertips on your phone. And the easiest thing to pull up and find is a photo. And if that photo is not of quality, say, I know a lot of a lot of ranchers now, even, I mean, even the old school ranchers, they got a Facebook page that they promote stuff on this, that. But just a photo of the calf with its head in the ground at a weird angle, it's it's not helping you out. People are going to zoom right by that. If 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 somebody is looking up F1 Baldies or something, say a group F1 Baldies pulls up that whole group, you got a group where they're covered in manure, heads are all turned different directions, and then they scroll down, the next guy's got individual pictures, their head's cranked, dialed in looking right. Your eye just naturally is going to pull to that program a lot faster. So for me... I, and I mean, there's a lot of people out there that kind of want to do their own and, and that's perfectly fine. But 
as we'll get into it more, I'm sure just, just having the, taking the time, having a professional come do them pays for itself in the long run, just, just from quality wise, in my opinion, obviously I'm a little biased since it's my job, but yeah, no, I, it just having that good, having that good picture just sets you apart. It shows people you care about your program and they want to come check it out as opposed to, like I said, calf's head in the ground, covered manure, all that, whatever. It just, it just adds that extra value to your program and shows that you take pride in it. And people are going to come take, take a look at what you got. Well, and the reality is, you know, the example you gave between the two operations, the cattle that don't have good pictures could actually be better. But if you're not selling your whole operation, your whole program, instead of just one animal, people scroll right by. They won't pay any attention because it looks like you don't have your life together. It looks like you don't have your operation together. No, that's that's exactly right. Like like you said, that one could be better numbered, could be better phenotypically as well. But a, a crummy picture of it, they're not going to bite on it because it just it doesn't show what you truly got there. So I do think there is a place for kind of the quick cell phone shot, especially on social media. We're trying to keep content out there all the time as breeders, update on what's going on, just keep our business in the back of everyone's minds. So when do you see there being the purpose for formal professional photos versus just taking a quick cell phone shot? Yeah, no, I'm with you there. I mean, I I even do it with our own. If you're, if you're out there, like we got three grass runs, we'll put our calves on. I don't have my professional camera with me. I'll, if you get kind of a cool shot, that's going to keep people. No, exactly. That's, I'm not saying cell phone pictures are bad at all, but um, when it comes on the professional need in that side, like I know Trey's the one that the one that hooked you up with me. I know they do a lot of candid shots on their own here, there, but when it, when it's go time, when it's sale time, it's time to promote these things to bring that premium to show what you got. It's, it's the time to do it. Cause well, that, and not only that, but just bringing an extra person in that knows what they're doing just eases everybody's everybody's mind, everybody's attitude. Because, I, I mean, I won't lie, the the shoot I dread the most every year is our own sale. I, it, I'm just stressed out because I know what our cattle are and I want them to look as good as they can, obviously. And since I part, I got ownership in them. I'm I'm stressed to the world, and I gives me a bad attitude and gives everybody else a bad attitude. Everywhere else I go, even my niece, she gives me crap all the time. She helps me. And, She'll go on the road with me sometimes. She's like, gosh, you're so much, you're so much more laid back. These I say, yeah, because it's not that I don't care at all. Obviously I'm going to do the best I can, but if I'm crabby with these people, I, you know, I, I see them two, three times a year, it's going to stress everybody out. So just staying relaxed is, is a huge thing. And that's Trey always gets me heck that they ain't never going to do it with anybody else just because I'm just laid back enough and it just helps them all out. Cause they're stressed. They're in the middle of cabin umpteen hundred cows and, I just, you just got to come in with a good attitude. And that's, I try to tell everybody, I said, I'm not going to yell at you. I'm, I might give you a few pointers here or there, but I'm here for you. I, I mean, I'm your employee for the day. I'm your representative. Once I get these on the computer and I mean, that's even back to Trey, quit throwing him under the bus, but there'll be, there'll be a time he'll have one and be like, ah, it's got to be good enough. Ain't it? And I say, Hey, it ain't your signature under this picture. Man. <laughs> it's going to be my signature. We're getting a better picture. So no, I, Sorry, I've kind of circled all, circled all over the place, but no, then production sales and online sales, that's the time to bring in the professional. But like you said, promote all year with cell phone pictures, cool kind of scenic ones. For me personally, I don't usually dial in on a single specimen when I'm using my cell phone. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just because you could take one 
say I'm coming to your house in three weeks picture. You got a picture of one. Looks nice on your cell phone. You post it. Well, we might get one where he just really cranks it out. Looks amazing on the camera. And then people start comparing the two. And they're like, well, that ain't even the same calf. What the heck's this guy doing on Photoshop and stuff? You know what I mean? So that's that's my little tidbit there. If you got one, you really, really like. You get a nice cell phone picture, then you bring the professional in. People might be like, hey, even though it's the exact same calf, I hardly even touched it in Photoshop. I cleaned some crap off him. It just, one of them things I've learned over the years, people kind of look at, kind of ask about. I think that's great advice to, you know, rather than singling out a single animal, kind of keep them bigger, broader, more landscape-like. Now that makes a lot of sense. So you kind of brought up the Photoshop thing and I wanted to go there. There's a lot of chatter about it lately. And there's a lot of people claiming, you know, things are being incredibly heavily Photoshopped. So you mentioned that you do use it. I would love to know what you use it for when you do decide to use it and just your general thoughts. So I'll, I'll kind of go through my whole process. If that's all right with you, just kind Absolutely. of. So picture day, um, most shoots are picture and video both. So we'll bring the calf in. It's either a 15 second or 15 minute ordeal on a calf. It seems like, cause either you'll get them to come in, you have somebody on each end to kind of hoop and holler. Just kind of make some noise, get that attention. You get that picture right away. That's your best picture. And then we'll go to video mode and it's just do that. Repeat all day. I just use a little notebook. I write down my tag number. I'll go through while they're bringing another calf in and write down about three or four different shots of that animal. I like, cause I'll take 25 to 50 pictures of each one. Just, just cause every little inch that that thing angles its head, raises its head, just anything. So I'll go through quick. I down my four get home or to the hotel that night. I'll bring all those on my computer. And then we, uh, then the fun begins. I throw them all into Lightroom. Uh, it's an Adobe photo. It's an Adobe program Lightroom. It just, I shoot everything in raw so I can adjust all the coloration. If it's cause early in the morning, it's going to be a little more bluish yellowish and then throughout the day. And then same at the end of the day. So just try and make everything consistent color wise. I'll pick it down to one of each calf and then we will jump into Photoshop. And my main thing with Photoshop, especially on production sales, that it'll be to smooth a little line, say that they're torched. Your cattle are torched. You got a little bit of hair that fluffed up in the wind on its shoulder. Well, that thing's not high shouldered. It's just the way it looks from that hair. So I'll smooth that down. I don't do anything outrageous. I mean, You'll have promo bull pictures. I mean, I'll put this disclaimer out there. Don't believe any promo bull picture you've ever seen unless you've seen the animal. It just, it's just the way it is. It, how it's always been. It's how the guys that have them bulls want them to be. I mean, Dr. Ryan's picture, honestly, though, back to Trey. Sorry, keep going there. But um, I hardly touched a thing on that thing. It's, it's all about, for me, too, if you have a picture and that calf's going to have a video, it's got to match. Because if you got a just, I mean, I could do, I can, I can, honestly, I can do scary things in Photoshop if I want to, but if I have a dialed-in picture of this bull that looks like a $200,000 bull, and then you click on his video, he's sickle-hocked, he's short-necked, short-hipped, no rib shape, but in his picture, he's got all that. It does me no good at all, and it does you as the producer absolutely no good. Cause they're not going to trust a thing you do. So uh, Photoshop for me is smooth some lines. Like I said, if you got a hair out, kind of smooth the hip. If he's like a lot of them winter ones will be on corn stocks and stuff. Well, all it takes is standing on one little 
corn cob and it just throws them off. And and you know that calf ain't like that. So I mean, I have a good idea too. I look at their videos before I edit them. Say, man, his hips off a little bit in that picture, and then watch the video. Oh, he's not off hip. He was just on a side hill a little bit or something. So I'll smooth that out. And it's it just basically basically a smooth out, remove any dirt, remove any flies. I, you can do a lot with Photoshop. I don't just because I guess I got too good of morals probably, but do you think there is an issue with kind of an unethical level of Photoshop out there or is it kind of being over-exaggerated or people oh, worrying about it more than they should? No, there is, but a lot of it's just with the times. I mean, so like I come from the show cattle world and it used to be when we were growing, when I was growing up, we'd, I mean, we'd have a live auction sale over there. So we'd have two, 300 people show up. Now at these online sales, families don't even go to the farm. They don't leave their computer. The kids at school looks at the 20 sales that are online that day, marks four. They don't even go look at the animal. So there is, there is some, I mean, and it depends. I know there's a lot of peer pressure. Or I shouldn't say peer pressure, but some of these, some of the growers put a little more pressure on their photographer to, hey, tweak these out more. But like I said, I think it's gotten better, honestly. I feel like about three, four years ago, there was a lot of, I mean, everything was just cookie cutter. Every single calf didn't matter the breed, the pedigree, anything. They all just looked the exact same. And as we know, <laughs> they, none of them do. That's even some guys will give me heck every once in a while. They're like, well, I, you got his front leg squared in that picture. And the other one, he's, he's off a little bit in that front. I said, well, I walk different than you do. I stand different than you do. They're not all going to just hammer them things the exact same. So that's, I don't think it's as big of a problem as it used to be. Like I said, watch yourself on them promotional bulls just because that's just the nature of the beast because everybody's out there to make it and everybody wants to sell their bull. And But I'd say anymore on the production sales, anything that's got a video with it, I think it's toned back quite a bit and a lot more natural than it was there for, there was a period it was, it was getting a little far-fetched. So is watching videos kind of the best way for, buyers to make sure that they're getting some truth in advertising. Yeah. Cause I, I know I sure haven't figured out as how to CGI a video. I tell you, if I did, I could probably retire, but no, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it, it take, it still takes a good enough picture that's dialed in right to get you to click on that video. So, I mean, your picture still gotta be dang good, but that that's my deal on it is my, vi- my picture's gotta match my video. Otherwise, like I said already, I'm, not doing myself any good, getting myself a bad name and you as the grower producer, even worse. Well, and everything's word of mouth these days with social media. The last thing a producer needs is a bunch of people getting on Facebook saying that you're a liar. Exactly. That'll catch up with you pretty quick. Exactly right. It's yeah. Bad all around. Okay. So then let's talk about videos. Yep. When is it important to have the videos? And then once you've got them, in your mind, what are the best ways producers can use them? I mean, I think a video anymore, it used to be just need the pictures. I think anymore, the videos as important, if not more important than the picture. Just, just from what I'm saying, you're getting the true animal. You're not, like I said, we can't CGI these videos. So what you see is what you get. Um, the QR codes have been cool that have popped up in these catalogs where you've got the picture in the catalog and then you bring up the QR code and you get to see the video. That's been cool. Exactly. And in the early days, I mean, even if you'd have a picture, even if I even laugh, I'll even get text myself on our sale. Hey, could you give me a cell phone video of that one? It just, it blows my mind sometimes because that's, I tell them, I said, no, wait, we, we did all this work, got the good video. 
I can't hide anything or fake anything in that. That's what it's there for. And it just, I mean, if you're out there ranching and you're doing whatever conditioning calves, whatever, and you got your bulls done three days ago and you got guys, Hey, you got any videos? Well, then you don't have to stop what you're doing. You'd say, here's a playlist. Cause that's, I put everything in a playlist. They're all in numerical order. Just send that to your guys and they pull them right up and the questions are solved right there. And yeah, it's, 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 it's a funny deal. It just, about the time you don't think you need a video, you need one or you take enough videos and you don't like, and then too, I mean, everything's handy enough on your phone. I've, I've had guys that have taken my videos and put it, put together their TikToks from them, send them out their Snapchat stories, all that. It, it just handy to have it and you can do whatever you want with them. Cause once I'm done and got them chopped up and they're yours, they're, they're yours forever. Do what you want with them. Who'd have thought we'd ever be talking about cow videos and TikTok? <laughs> I know. I, I honestly don't even have a TikTok, but I've had them sent to me and my stuff. I'm like, Oh, good job. That looked, that looked good. <laughs> That's I'll do a lot of promo videos too with my stuff. If I, if it's not too busy in my season and you want me to do, you know, I like for Trey, he'll, he'll sell them groups and he'll have me put a video together with all four groups in the corners and kind of list that, or like doc Ryan, obviously that year we made a bigger promo video and stuff and just give you a lot more options and try to separate yourself from the rest, I guess. Well, and if Trey is good at anything, it's hustling out there and marketing. So he is a marketing SOB. I'll give him that. So what would you recommend for clients to prepare for picture day? We've got a lot of smaller producers in our breed. And so picture day is going to be a big deal. Well, it's a big deal for the big guys. As the photographer, what do you tell them to do to get ready? First off, have a good crew. That's your A number one. If if you don't have somebody that's been in a picture pen, ask around, find someone that has to kind of be the leader. I mean, me as a photographer, I'm too quiet. Probably sometimes if someone's not doing something right, that's I'm just non-combative guy. Um, but if you got someone in there that knows what they're doing, it just makes everybody's life easier. You want, you want at least two guys in there at the photographer, just so you have one on each end. I guess I should start with pin setup. So my minimum pin length, I like to say is about 120 long East and West. Just so when you are videoing, you can get a nice long track. You don't have a short pin where they walk five steps, have to turn around that depth wise, just t- kind of depends on what you got. I use a 70. 70 to 200 lens. So I need to be off them a little bit. Um, so I say at least 60 feet deep, but yeah, so you want it as a photographer, I always say this is the easiest way to help guys know their angles. Cause as the morning, obviously you're going to be shooting more to the Lord's more, more towards the West then shift to the North. And then at the end of the day, you'll be shooting a little more Northeast. And I always tell the guys if they get a little confused on which angle, I just always say, shoot your shadow. So you look down at your shadow and you want that calf perpendicular to your shadow. So that's your lighting there. You got one guy on each end, so you can kind of push, pull. And if that calf just happens to stop by itself, you don't have some just one guy that's got to run around in front without trying to spook it, get his ears perked up, all that. Um, yeah, that's the main thing is just just have somebody in there that's good around cattle. You know what I mean? That's, that's A number one. And like I kind of touched, it can be 15 seconds. It can be 15 minutes. Just keep your patience in there. It, it'll, it'll happen. It'll come. And if one gets fired up and you got to kick it out for a little bit to figure life out. I mean, I know the Herefords are usually don't get too fired up. So you don't have to worry about that on your end, but some of my club calves, I do look out. Um, and yeah, I mean, so like in the fall on a lot of my club calf deals, I only line up one shoot a day just cause you never know how it's going to go. But I, I mean, we can average 25 to 35 head a day. That's I mean, starting at, Whenever the sun's good, you know, 
nine thirty, ten, and done by four. Just you don't want to battle too too much early light or too much late light, just because they'll be yellowed out and just they won't be worth your time. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's that's what I like to do. I like to try and get that picture right away if we can. Otherwise, then I just switch over to video and and uh, I just actually shoot video with my camera, my big DSLR too, and so I just got a one little switch. I got to hit the switch, but. When it's coming to video and you just have the one guy on the one end, push him towards the other guy, nice and easy, slow. Don't say a whole lot. Just keep that calf moving, head up, and let him get about halfway, and then let the other guy flip him around and go back. And if you didn't get that picture right away, then we'll make sure we got enough video and we'll start acting like monkeys and waving flags and doing what we, we got to do to get that picture. What about of the animals themselves? Do you see that clipped, fitted, torched? What have you found kind of looks the best? Uh, dirty let them roll around in the pen all morning and cleaned up some best obviously if you haven't cleaned up i mean torch and clipping it don't bother me either way which way um the main thing would be so like on a lot of these catalogs we want the pictures done about a month ahead just for getting the catalog done get it mailed out so if you're going to torch i say at least 10 to 14 days before we're going to picture have them torched just so that char can get off them they can freshen back up that hair will come back up obviously if they're clipped I mean, they can get clipped the day before. No big deal. You have them dialed in pretty good. But I mean, as clean and fresh as you can have them looks the best, obviously. But then again, some of them production deals, I mean, just the natural calf as it is, if they ain't full of dirt balls and manure all over, obviously, or been at the hay ring and got hay all over their neck, you don't want that. But a little dirt and more natural don't bother me. None. It, it just, I mean, that's that's true cattle. You know what I mean? It, right. We're not all... We're not all club calf guys. I have them cleaned up and in the barns, you know, what, 15 hours a day. So I, I don't have any problem with if they got a little dust on them, they look natural. It's it, it's all personal preference. I mean, some guys I, I go to, they got to have them. I mean, just completely dialed in and other guys are like, hey, clean enough. That's that's my calves. Let's roll them. Fine by me. And back to the fitting deal. I don't like them fit as much. It just makes them look too hard, especially their legs. They, it, and I don't care how good you are at fitting one. I mean, I, I'm decent enough, but even for a picture, they just in the lead, they'd be grayed out just from your adhesive. They just look hard lined. I, I'm i not a big fan of having them fit up. I, I, tail heads is fine, like especially on like your Herefords and stuff, especially them females. I do having them glued up so late because, you know, how them things can wave right over that. That's perfectly fine with me. That looks natural enough. And everybody knows that that's just part of it. But Leg wise than that, it, it just makes them look too back to that fake thing on Photoshop. I mean, it just looks too fakey, too hard. Just the more natural, the better. No, that's that's great information. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey there, it's time for me to sneak in here with an ad. The American Black Hereford Association is a sponsor of this podcast. Don't forget Junior Nationals are this month, the 22nd through the 25th. Entries are closed, but they can always use new sponsors, so be sure to hit Ernie up if you'd like to help out. This fall, we've got our big annual shindig in Kansas City. A Royal Affair sale and the membership meeting are Saturday, October 8th, followed by the show on Sunday the 9th. It's a great place to network with other breeders and showcase your operation, so it's probably time to bust out those halters and get to work. You can always find out more info on the website, blackherford.org, following the official Facebook page, or give Ernie a holler at ernie at blackherford.org. As always, we are sponsored by HI Slash Cattle Company. 
We're currently offering semen on Homozygous Black, Joe Gangster, 0535. He's really a quality bull with some awesome carcass quality and growth. He's got three supreme dams in his pedigree and is worth checking out. You can find HI Slash Cattle Company on Facebook or at the website HISLASHCattle.com. And as always, if you are interested in sponsoring this program and getting your ad on the Facebook page and in the episodes, I'd love to have you. Give me a holler. I can be reached on the Facebook page or you can email me at HISLHCattle at gmail.com. All right, let's get back into it. So how about backdrops? What are best and worst? <laughs> yep. So like I said, you want to be most, most of your picture can be facing north. So the best thing, the easiest thing, the thing that makes them pop the most is if you have a clear background is the best. Just, it just makes everything pop off the paper. A, I mean, you can do high tensile, barbed wire, whatever. I mean, you got to have your animals used to it. That's like at our place, we just honestly have two lines of hot wire tape but them calves have lived out in them runs for two weeks so they're used to it don't don't be having your cattle that have never seen electric tape or whatever coming to a new pen that day because you're just you're going to be pulling your hair out I, i've seen it happen many a times just have them used to something i mean for me on the photoshopping wise or cleaning up wise i should say lightroom wise whatever if you got too solid of a background like uh kind of metal or whatever well, A, you're going to deal with re- reflectivity from the sun that can wash out that calf. Um, and not all panels are straight. We all know that. So sometimes I'll have guys, geez, why is that panel bent? What the heck were you doing? I, that's how the panel is. I didn't touch anything and forget to fix it. Trust me. So the clearer the background, the better. I mean, obviously, I like the wide open if you can. If there's a tree line 50, 100 yards off, that's always nice, too, because it's off the camera enough. It'll be faded out. Um, corn stock bales are perfectly fine too. Just, I mean, if you can have a just wide open background, it will be your neatest pictures. They're just, like I said, just makes it pop off. But I've really, I mean, there's a few places I'll go where the background drives me up a wall, but it just, you got to work with what you got. I totally understand. So, but yeah, the more open, the better. No, I think that's fantastic. Cause not being a photographer, my mind would have gone to something solid. Right. Right. You know, and so it actually, that's really interesting to hear that now having just the open behind you is better. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you can make solid work just fine. It just, you want them off that because if they're up against that thing, well, then your camera is going to be, it's going to have that wall in focus too. If if they're off it, it'll fade it out. You know, that's a camera settings and stuff. But yeah, that's, that's why I love them open background ones I go do because you don't have to worry about anything back there and nothing in the way. And yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, a lot of our breeders are smaller operators. Is there a number of head that you would say is kind of the minimum threshold of when it's worth going ahead and justifying that expense? And it depends on the photographer. I'm I'm straight per head basis. There'll be some that have a minimum head number or they have a minimum charge no matter what. I don't do that. Um, I'm just straight per head basis. And, And I mean, I hate to say it. I, I haven't been much of a mileage charger just because I drive a little Volkswagen Jetta that gets good mileage, but the way things are going, we might, I might have to make a little bit of a minimum deal on there. Just if it's a small head day, I might have to add a little fuel just, just because it's the way the times is, which sucks. I, I hate doing that. I'm all for the grower and stuff, but um, I mean, I've done shoots as small as, well, I mean, some have been donor cows. So, I mean, I've done days of four, which I charge a little more for donor cows, obviously, but 
I'd say a lot of the sales I do, I mean, a lot of them club cab sales, at least a minimum of 15. Um, and the only reason I bring up the club cabs at a minimum is that because most of the commercial guys do have a bigger herd. Um, so I haven't really dealt with that there, but I, and it just depends what you got. I mean, don't, don't do extra ones that aren't representative of your better ones that you're trying to sell just to have the number there. Cause then again, it's just, you got, say you got 15 of your black Herefords that you're wanting to sell this year. Well, eight of them are just phenotypically standouts. Well, don't add an extra couple just because now if you're selling all 15, cause you want to sell all 15, perfectly fine. But if there's some you're going to keep and you're debating, just do the ones that are going to look right, that are going to promote you the best, that are going to make you look like you're doing good things. And yeah, that's, I mean, it's, I don't know if there really is a minimum number, I guess. It just, just whatever you're wanting to sell and is going to promote your brand, promote your herd and go with that. Well, and I wonder too, a lot of our, especially in the Southeastern part of the country breeders, if they would have the potential of getting together and kind of doing a cooperative style, let's all line up this photographer together, bring them out and we can do all of our cows. Yeah, for sure. I've done, I've done those kind of deals and it, that really works good too. Cause yeah, if you get along with your neighbor and even if you're having separate sales, but you've got seven and the neighbor 20 miles down the road's got eight to do, well, let's just team up on the same day. We can help each other out. We've got our photographer here for that day. He'll do all 15. He'll keep them separate. Have your own sales. Perfectly fine. Yeah, no, that's, I've done quite a few of those and that's, yeah, no, it it just helps everybody out really. So any last advice that you would give to people that are kind of thinking about upping their picture game? Because we've seen, it's kind of been an issue in this breed. I'm not going to lie. And I would be lying to say that our operation hasn't used some terrible pictures in the past because it was just what needed to be done. It happens, but it's something that we need to address as a breed is how we're presenting ourselves out there because this is our face to the world. We're new, we're small. We need to look like we know what we're doing. So any last advice to those of us that are really starting to tinker with the idea of bringing someone professional out? You know, just like you said, it's it's right now because I mean, Black Hereford's been around, but not really as a true breed association very long, right. has it? No, not. We're started in the 90s. Yep. But yep. Really taken off just in the last probably 15 years. Right. Exactly. I mean, I, how do you want to compare it? I, I'd say it almost reminds me of like the limousine brand. The limousines, in the, so I'm getting back to my show world here. So this might be a little out there for some people, but. I mean, in the early, well, I should say the early 2000s, I showed a few Lemmy heifers and they were nice, solid heifers, but the limousine breed was just kind of, it was there, it was more known as the commercial man's breed, beef breed, blah, blah, blah. There was a group in Canada that really started getting after it as more of a phenotypically show inside. And uh, there was this Riverstone Charm was her name. She won Kansas City Supreme, Louisville Supreme. I mean, she won everything Supreme and it was she was a limb flat or no, she's a purebred, excuse me. But when she came into the game, the next, well, even yeah, the last eight years, the limb flex limousines and the show ring are as tough are as good as anything. All it took was that one to say, Whoa, Shmoli, we got, we got some show heifers here. And so I think it's, it's a similar deal to that. It's just going to take a couple of you producers to take the time, get them things dialed in. Right cleaned up, get them professional pictures out there, get some attention going. 
have an awesome sale. People are going to look at that and go, what do they do different? Oh, well, they got way good pictures that we haven't seen before. It's just going to help promote everything. It's, it, it's, it's, it, it's tough with everything. You know how that is. It just, it takes a lot to commit to do it because you don't know if it's going to work. You don't know if it's going to be the right thing, but like I said, a guy like me, I'm there to help you. I'm there to promote you. I'm there to work for you. And if it can get things rolling, then it's a hundred percent worth the time, worth the effort, worth the money. Cause all, like I said, all it takes is one sale. You have a, if you sell them for an average way more than they have been selling compared to everybody else, everybody's going to take note. Everybody's going to start jumping on board and saying, Whoa, maybe we need to step our game up and do this. What's the easiest way for people to find a photographer in their area? Um, I know I'm trying to think, sorry, I'm going to type here. Um, can't remember. I think it's on actually. So we'll go back to bring up that show circuit again. I'm going to have to charge them for bringing up their name a lot, but <laughs> I believe it's on their website. Sorry. Clicking here. Um, yeah. So if you go to show circuit online sales or SE online sales, they do have a resources part with livestock photographers listed on there. I know that's, that might be one of the better databases that or true professional photographers that's just been compiled um, for people. Well, looking in sale catalogs, right? Like look looking, at the catalogs that yeah, you like. Yep. And then that's your other one. That's what I was going to say too. Yeah. Once you start getting the catalogs in the mail, start paying attention a lot more guys, either they'll have, either they'll have it listed in the credits who did the photography, or you'll see a watermark or something under the calf. Just shoot them, shoot them people there, text, say, Hey, who did your pictures? They did a nice job. I'm interested. And could you give me their number? And, but yeah, that's say that SC online, they got a nice catalog of photographers available. I think that's the most like true one spot one I could think of. That's why I had to look it up. But otherwise, yeah, hundred percent. Just say them catalogs, look up front, see who's got the credit or who's watermark and just, just ask that. Well, I mean, everybody, we all know we're all in this together. Cattle wise, no matter what breed you come from, we're, we're all happy to answer questions like that. It's just don't be afraid to ask. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. I, I know that this is um, a growing topic in our breed. It's something we need to address. So I really appreciate you yeah, sharing no, your knowledge. Glad you had me on. It was fun. I appreciate it. Well, you've got a lot of different stuff going. Is there anything that you want to drop or promote before I let you go? No, I, I mean, just, yeah, I'd say you could find me on Facebook, my Purple Visions production, but I think I looked at usually in the fall I haven't posted on there in like four years I don't think so don't find me on there you can find my personal page I mean shoot me a message like I told you it's kind of my off season so I kind of avoid all emails and social but go ahead and find me on there I'll be glad to answer any questions and stuff and yeah no I guess if you like horse racing you can find our horse racing podcast but honor park season's over so we're gonna relax on that but otherwise no just uh yeah just go to them sources find a photographer ask and even if it's like I said, even if you don't commit to it, just ask and kind of figure it out and go from there. I, I think it just does nothing but helps everybody out and just promotes your herd because that's what it's all about is getting that premium. You're out there in the negative 30 wind chill and if you're wanting to sell them, you, you want to sell them right. Well, and it just seems silly to put in all this work all year round, have these great calves and then not have them accurately represented in your pictures because you didn't want to go ahead and pay and get real ones done. Yep, exactly. I, I, as I more times than not, my, our small fee at the end of the day is nothing. Once you look at the grand scheme of every input you've gotten into that calf, 
throughout the whole year through the cow. I mean, it just, it, it could be a little sticker shock at first, but that's, I've told guys, you just, or guys have told me that, you know, once we look at the whole input, your, your fees, nothing. I mean, well, in the whole big picture, rather than thinking about it as a per head, you're selling your operation, you're selling your program. And if you can get those consistent buyers coming back in, that has to start somewhere. And that starts with good marketing and good marketing starts with good pictures. Yep. Exactly right. It's, it's all, it's all a full circle deal at all. They all work hand in hand to uh, get the job done and get them things sold and make you happy at the end of the day with your extra premium you got. Well, thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. You can get in on the conversation over at our Facebook page at Black Hereford Chronicles, where we'd love to hear from you. Of course, don't forget to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 